From the creators of Circles of Fate, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join my co-hosts and I as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker, Kimberly Coyle, and Noelle Rhodes. In episode 29, we talked about making time for our spouse. And now, in today's episode, we're talking about making time for our friends. I used to think that friendships should form organically and would grow if they were meant to, but I was wrong. While a handful of relationships do form naturally, longevity and depth are marked by intention. But what does that really mean? We're here today to discuss the ways you can incorporate intentional friendship into your everyday. But before we get started, let's hear from our friends as they answer the In Your Words question. What is the hardest part of maintaining close friendships? Hey, Kimberly. Wow, this message like hit me in a raw spot. Um, so I'm going to respond without organizing my thought. I just really struggle to maintain close friendships due to the season of life that I'm in with the busyness of my kids um, and my desire to be with these women and the amount of time that I have to spend with them never lines up. And when I'm with them, I make unrealistic, um, I set unrealistic expectations for our time together. Like, girl, let's go to coffee. I want to sit with you. I want to get into your world. And I mean those things, but my follow through is horrible because I, I don't have capacity. So I think that the hardest thing for me is just my capacity and quantity of things that I have in life and my capacity to manage it all is poor. So I hope that makes sense, but that's just where I am. Hey, Kimberly. How are you? I am um, just responding to the question. The hardest part about maintaining close friendships for me is like I texted you time. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I would say, too, that just the season of life that I'm in kind of the sandwich generation, you know, with older parents and kids in lots of stages. So, you know, married, young married, some with little babies and moving and just all the jobs and, you know, and and as parents of just trying to, um, you know, be available and it's just a different type of parenting, supporting and um, encouraging and then still having kids at home. Um, you know, it just feels like family has taken up any, you know, quote, extra time that there used to be. And I think also as my kids have gotten older, there, you know, it used to be that your, your, you know, your friends are your kids' friends' parents just because they're the ones you see at sport events and social things. And even though we still have one teenager at home, um, my life just doesn't work that way. Not like it did over the past 10 years where, you know, I just was really, really engaged with a lot of my kids' extracurricular activities. It's not that way as much anymore. So I would say that just life doesn't facilitate, um, my schedule doesn't facilitate those friendships. And then the other thing that came to mind is just social media. I think in some ways, it facilitates friendship and in other ways I think it harms it just because it can kind of like feed it feed that need you know for social life almost you know reading about 50 friends activities and what they've done 
but obviously, you know, it might kind of give me a sense of connection, but it's nothing like the real connection between even a phone call, you know, it doesn't even have to be in real life, but a phone call and, you know, an in real life conversation. And so I think that, you know, for me, there's definitely the tendency to kind of fill up on that, almost like filling up on potato chips and never really feeding yourself food that, that fills you. Um, and so I'm not, I think I'm, you know, aware of it. I wouldn't say that I'm great at it. It's just, it's way easier to look at Facebook or even to text than it is to um, really engage. And so, you know, on the other hand, I think sometimes those kind of, I mean, social media and texting and just the ease that we can connect to people helps us stay in connection. But um, I think just with the fullness and busyness of our lives, it can not go beyond that. And I don't think that that um, helps deepen, you know, or, or nourish relationships. So those are some of my challenges. As we mentioned in a previous episode, the way we cultivate and maintain adult friendships is very different than the way we did it as a child. And we're hoping that some of the things that we share with you today will help you navigate those friendships. Let's start off our conversation with Noelle, our resident friendship expert, who's done a ton of research on the topic for her podcast, Friending, which we will include a link in the show notes. Noelle, tell us about organic friendship and why the idea that that's the way it should happen is a myth. Because it's a myth. It's not (laughs) true. I'll tell you why. Um, First of all, there's a great book out there by Shasta Nelson. Um, She wrote a book called Friendship Doesn't Just Happen. And what she talks about in in the very beginning of the book, which was very helpful for me as I was researching it, was that as children, it seemed like making friends was a little bit easier. As an adult, it seemed to get more complicated, maybe a little more more awkward. Um, And the reason why we think, well, why isn't it just happening? Why isn't it just organic? Is because when we were kids, it wasn't organic. It wasn't organic. We usually were friends with people that were on our block that we were in class with. It was a very intentional circumstance and what made it easy for our friendships to remain or to be continually nurtured was that they were consistent. So consistently you were going into school every day and you were seeing your friend consistently after you came home from school, you were playing with your friend on the block. So there was a consistency there. But then when we, we get into our, our adult years, even past college, because in college there's also quite a bit of consistency with maybe people you room with in your dorm or who you're studying with. But when you kind of get out into the real world, you got a real job, you got, you know, real adult stuff happening, the consistency in friendship tends to kind of wane. And that's when we start to say, why isn't it just happening? But the truth of the matter, that's not really what happens. Friendship is something that has to be intentionally chosen and nurtured. And that is the truth. As kids, that was sort of set up for us by our parents, our teachers, things like that. But as adults, then we have to take control and decide to intentionally choose to invest in our friendship. So there is no such thing as organic friendship. It's not just going to happen to you. Um, You may meet somebody and you may connect with them, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have a friendship with them where it's life giving back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. So that is why it is not, not, there's no such thing as organic friendship. Makes sense. 
definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Honestly, you think as a kid that, um, you know, you, you choose your friends, but you, you don't choose your friends. I'm thinking back to my classroom experience as a kid. And I had, I went to a very small private school and I had like 20 kids in my class and they were literally the only kids I knew. Like, of course, my friend group was going to come from those 20 children. Right. Um, so it wasn't really a choice per se. You know, you find the, the friend that sort of connects with you the most in that, in a group like that. But, yeah. you know, my best friends were my next door neighbor and a couple girls in my class. Yeah, and that was it. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you know what else that encourages me? And I think I might've said this before. I say it often is that even Jesus, <laughs> organic friendship did not happen to Jesus. He intentionally went out and invited people to be part of his life and his mission. True. You know, he was walking along the sea of Galilee. He saw, he saw Simon and uh, James and, and John said, Hey, follow me. Mm -hmm. You've got something for you to do. And so for me, that encourages me. If I feel like, why can I not like, why aren't just people wanting to chill with me and hang with me? Or why is it just not happening? Well, you know what? That didn't happen that way for Jesus either. Mm -hmm. He actually had to go out and make friends too. So that encourages me as an adult. I'm not weird. (laughs) wrong with me it's just it's a part of life yeah I see that in my children's friendship and as I I look back over my friendship my daughter asked me the other day mommy who are your best friends and they were the people that lived in my neighborhood I mean this was before the days of scheduled play dates where we made sure we can you know our kids had a full schedule of things to do and they lived down the street they were easily accessible and I've Mm. seen in, in my own children's lives that the friends that they spend the most time with have turned out to be the kids that end up in their classes, you know, not mm. necessarily the kids that they have, um, a background with, you know, like not yeah. the kids that they used to go to school with. It's the people they now go to school with and are in their classes and the friendships that I've seen blossom that are outside of that are because they've gathered around a common interest on purpose. And so mm. in the most simple ways, I've seen that in my children and I reflect on my life and I don't know why I'm surprised. Right, right. Yeah. That's true. So I'm, I gathered you guys here today because on this particular topic, because I was hoping that we could share some of the ways we've been intentional in our friendships so we can give our mm-hmm. listeners maybe some ideas about how, how they can start to invest in their own friendships. Well, um, you know, if I... I just want to mention something as I'm listening to the idea of this debunking of organic friendship. I have another issue, and I don't know if anybody else in this group does or outside of this group. I have a tendency to wait for somebody to choose me for friendship mm. and not to be, uh, not to initiate friendship. Yeah, now, I don't yeah. know why that is, but I, um, it's something to pay attention to, I think, for myself. You know, and just yeah. as I said, and listening to you guys, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I tend to not choose somebody. I wait to be chosen. So, um, mm-hmm. probably not the best way to develop friendships, but it's definitely <laughs> something I do. And thank God, despite that, I have a lot of good friends, <laughs> uh, because I am a connector. I do love connecting with people. So anyway, um, I'm going to, you know, address the idea of how does a club or a group bring us together as friendships, as friends, excuse me, because that's part of what I've done in developing relationships. And, um, Mm -hmm. one of the, when I was a young mom, we did do some of those intentional little play dates. You know, we had a once a week thing going on for a while, just because our kids went to the same, um, nursery school or preschool. And, you know, you had an hour (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's almost like, okay, let's get together for that hour. But in addition to that, um, one of the first groups that really brought me consistently together with moms and what, and, and who ultimately became friends was moms in prayer, wow. um, moms in prayer.org, which is really moms gathering weekly to pray for their children in schools. And I've been doing that for, um, about 23 years. And it was literally one of those, I was desperate to meet other moms and particularly, frankly, other moms who had a faith orientation, who were interested in prayer and God and didn't think I was some kind of a freak because I was. And in (laughs) my town at the time, you know, very progressive, it was like, if you were a a Jesus girl, you were not telling anybody unless you were sure that they... (laughs) They thought that that was okay. So (laughs) it was an amazing thing to stand at the bus stop, having just heard something on the radio about moms in prayer and look at this woman who I'd been standing next to her for a year and kind of think, well, I didn't kind of think I'd seen her at a vacation Bible school. And during the summer and was like, oh my gosh, she, she, she's got a Bible. So we (laughs) began moms in prayer in this area all those years ago. And, um, it really, you know, the the women, I'll talk a little bit more later about this past weekend of getting together with about 15 women, but um, pretty much every one of those 15 women who I'm still friends with 23 years later wow. came from that Moms in Prayer group. And we, and in fact, I had three different groups at a time because at, the t- at, the, at uh, a week, because back in those days, you were doing a Moms in Prayer group for every school um, that your kids were in. And my kids were in all different schools. So yeah, that foundation. I mean, we were praying together. We were pouring our hearts out together. We were building intimate relationships. And I will say, not all of us are social friends in between, but we have this connection that is just like mm-hmm. wildly good and really brings us together. Yeah, deep on this level of, I mean, there's really kind of nothing more intimate than prayer, in my opinion. Yeah. Because we get rid of all of our, oh, I don't want to say that to my friend. I don't, I don't know if she'll understand this or whatever. And we would just like, I mean, seriously, you're talking 23 years of raising children. You're, you're pouring your heart out yeah. and, and vice versa. These women were doing the same with me and we share a love for our children. We know each other's children, even though we may not, you know, may have seen them a couple of times over those mm-hmm. years. So that for me has been an extraordinary group that has built incredible relationships. Um, I also have a group that we used to call, um, tape club. <laughs> Cause again, it went back 20 plus years when we used to listen to tapes and now it's called Friday faith group. And we gather on Fridays, a lot of the same women, there's a lot of crossover, but other women are, you know, even without children or older or younger or whatever are invited to join us. Um, and this one friend holds like a sacred space every Friday, pretty much for two hours from one to three. And that is another group that, um, that I've been meeting with for 20 years. And again, a lot of those women were there this past weekend too. So I, I've been very, and I even have a book group, which this book group is with women that I really don't know very well. And, um, I, I kind of did that one to read some books that I wouldn't normally read and two to mix with some people that I wouldn't normally mix with. So yeah, those are how groups have built my friendships. Next. What about Kimberly? You've got the Sabbath thing going on, which is part of your friendship, uh, the way you do friendship. You want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so um, when I first started taking my Sabbath and practicing Sabbath, setting aside one day a week in order to just do the things I want to do, not have to do, I quickly realized that being an extrovert, that my ideal day of rest and um, recharging is not by being by myself. And so Mm. one of the things Mm. that I try to intentionally do, and I couple this with kind of this idea of scheduling. So two years back when I started working with a life coach, I talked about how important it was for me to build community, how I didn't feel like I really had a strong, deep community. And so she's Mm. like, well, where are your friendships on your schedule? And I'm like, they're not. And so one of the Mm. things that we kind of implemented was maybe Friday's my day where I set aside and I just asked somebody to go for coffee or tea. And so when Friday became my Sabbath day, it just seemed like a natural fit. And so on my Sabbath day, I try to ask somebody to lunch, ask somebody for coffee. I'll even go for a run, even though it's it might be work to some, as long as I'm running with a friend, it's not work to me because I'm catching up and I'm, you know, you get, you get this solid time together. So I've really made scheduling connection with people on my calendar, a priority, but I've also made it a priority as it, as it pertains to my Sabbath, because it really does bring me joy um, to be able to go get a cup of coffee with somebody or tea. Cause I drink tea and, not have to be anywhere else, not have to rush them off and have to be, you know, think of the 10 things I have to do after I leave them. I literally have the luxury to let the conversation take me where it's going to take us. And I don't Mm -hmm. have to, to worry about it because I've set the time aside for it. Yeah. That's good. And that's been, it's been great because I really have intentionally, invited people that maybe I don't see all the time anyways that that Mm. I wouldn't necessarily connect with in my everyday Mm. so it's that friend that I haven't talked to in forever and when you start doing it consistently and you run out of like your first five friends that you think of and then you're on to friend numbers like you start to reach out to people that aren't the first people you think of, which isn't a bad thing. I could do with a little scheduling of, of some of that time at this point now yeah and Kimberly Coyle, I use yeah. my Sabbaths to do grown-up playdates with you. So do you want to talk about those? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. It's so fun. It's really something to look forward to because you um, suggested a while back that like, we've tried multiple times to go into New York City because we live close to the city, but like just far enough that it becomes a thing. Like It really has to be scheduled. And we have to plan what we're going to do. And um, we tried multiple times to go in and we'd have, you know, some sort of issue with traffic or trying to get back with, to our kids on time or, you know, um, because we, we went on a school day. So when those things weren't totally working out, because um, I think maybe I was trying to wing it a little bit too much, we started setting aside a specific day um, that you know, ahead in the month. So like once a month we would, we've talked about going into the city or just choosing, um, a cultural event or, you know, like one time we went to the New York Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying this to you as if you don't know what we've been doing, but clearly <laughs> you do know what we've been doing. Yeah, but, but, other, but other people um, don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> we've done Chelsea Highline. Yep. Yes, we've done the High Line. We've gone in for um, a museum, and uh, but when when we started really planning it in advance, and I kind of started to work on my end a little bit, 
more on the logistics of how we were going to, you know, like working out and making sure I had enough time and making sure like I had a backup plan if we couldn't get back in time to pick up my kids, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So now that we're, you know, at least I don't, at least on my end, I've, I think I figured out how to make it work. I think we've been more successful at that for sure. Um, which, which has been so much fun and it's really been something to look forward to because mm. honestly, if you, like you said, if you don't plan it, it's just not going to happen. It's yeah. not going to happen. And getting into the city with a friend, um, and we've got similar interests and we try new things and it's just, um, something that I, I'm just, I feel like it's added such richness to my life and to our friendship because mm-hmm. we have all that commute time together and, um, and we have that to kind of, you know, like those shared memories to look back right, on right. and talk about and think about. And, uh, yeah, I, I would highly recommend that to anyone scheduling, you know, grown up play dates, something that you really want to do, something that, mm-hmm. that you've kind of been held back doing. I, I never go into the city by myself ever. It's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. too much of a, a big deal. Um, right to manage all that. But when I to have a friend who I know is going to enjoy it as much as I am is awesome. But you know, I mean, it doesn't even, if you don't live near a big city, that's not a big deal. Like I, I have two friends that I meet once a month for coffee or lunch. And we just have set like the second Friday of every month, Mm. we're going to get together and we're going to do, you know, we're going to have a meal or coffee. And, um, and that's been really great too, because it's, it's always on our schedule. So mm. sure, things come up and, you know, we've had to work around some stuff a couple times, but overall, like, I know that's something that's going to happen every single month and I just make room for it. And I think that's a really good point. Like, as you were talking, Kimberly, about when you were doing your life coaching and Carrie asked you like, well, are you planning for this? You know, how how are you fitting this into your life? It never occurred to me to do that. Um, until I read a while back, I, um, I read, I don't know, I think it was a blog post or something by a writer who was saying that he, you know, people were saying, well, how do you find time to write, but also make time for meetings, make time for friendship, you know, because he, he had a very full life. And, um, this writer, and he said, well, I set aside one day every week. So, uh, you know, his day was Friday and that was the day that he knew he would not get any writing done. That was a day when he would meet with people. He would meet with friends. He would get together for coffee, for lunch, what have you. Um, and so he knew that that day was set aside and like, just like you do Kimberly with your Sabbath, like that it wasn't necessarily a Sabbath for him because some of it was work related, but, um, I've, I've tried to kind of adopt a little bit of that myself so that, that mm. Friday, you know, Fridays are really the day that I leave for all of the stuff I want to do, or, um, I leave for things like doctor's appointments or what have you that way. It doesn't interfere with and my mind. Isn't traveling back to the things I need to do. Mm. Right. I'm yeah. already taking care of them earlier than in the week. So on Fridays, that's when I get to have fun and, you know, do stuff with a friend. Mm-hmm. That's worked out, worked out pretty well for me. Yeah. So friendship is like, you're making sure that it's in the rhythm of your life. Yeah. 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 And I have to say, this is, it, it's kind of frustrating, but I have a lot of friends who don't make the time, who mm-hmm. do not have any sort of rhythm whatsoever. And I find yeah. they are so hard to get 
a hold of, so hard to spend time with. And it's really Mm -hmm. frustrating when you keep coming up against a wall with a person that you know likes you, you like them, know you can spend Mm -hmm. together, but they can't seem to make the time for you. And that has been very frustrating for me with some of my friendships. Um, But like you said, Kimberly, you just start looking for people who are willing and, you know, you make, you make other friends too. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things for me that's hard is I've, I've been working more and more and I do it in my home, but it's still work. It's freelance work Mm. and it's due at a certain time. And, you know, it's really a lot harder in some ways when you have that, because Mm. it's, it's harder for me to think about, oh my gosh, Fridays would be a day where I could be with my friends. I mean, just, it's not, it doesn't feel possible to me. And so I'm sort of, um, understanding some of those friends who I don't, I don't know if it's because they've got work. And again, my work isn't outside of my home, but it might as well be. It's, it's a, it's freelance, you know, it's, it's a job, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I still think intentionality and putting it in the calendar. Okay. Well, if I did that, then it might make it possible. If I said, okay, Elise, come on, figure out at least a day every couple of weeks or a half a day mm-hmm. where you could a- actually be intentional about this. So it's, it's, you know, availability is a gift that we give our friends, mm-hmm. but we've only so much availability. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's in different seasons, different allotments of availability. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I think it's about stewarding what you have, and yeah. I think it's yeah. great. I like the I like Fridays for Friends almost. Um, I might mm-hmm. steal that mm-hmm. and use it as my, because I'm not very good at that either. I have people. I meet people almost every day for lunch or for this, but wow. it does cut into my work. Yeah, <laughs> right. I am, I am yep. studying friendship, so it, it it is useful, but it right. can it right. can ruin the rhythm of my day. So rather, I should make friendship part of the rhythm of my life, and I like. I think I'm going to steal that Fridays for friendship and kind of move my lunch dates and coffee, all that stuff to Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Try when somebody says, can you meet with me for lunch? I'm just like, no, I really can't. That's the middle of my day and I'm working and I've got a rhythm. And if I, it, it adds another hour on either side of that lunch mm-hmm. and I just yeah. can't do it. So, yeah. so there's some practical stuff that we have to figure out too. But anyway, that's just one of my issues and maybe somebody else's too out there. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, we we have the luxury because we work from home and we're writers and we're freelancers that we can carve out. Sometimes we can carve out time in our day. But there there are evenings. I know sometimes it takes away from family time. But if it recharges us and gives us what yeah. we need, it makes us a better wife. It makes us a better mom. I have a group of women that are starting to get together now once a month. And we're getting mm-hmm. together at 830 on Saturday mornings because we mm-hmm. all have kids and we all have families that want our time and so we're working our way through this book um sally clarkson's life giving home it talks about Mm. things we can do each month to be intentional in and being the architect for our family and their experience and the culture we have in our home and um you know it's really just Let's, you know, nobody wants to get up that early on a Saturday, but we found, we managed to pull together a small group of women that are willing to do that for the sake of yeah. friendship and for the sake of mm-hmm. our common interest in stewarding mm-hmm. our family, our resources and our time well. And I've said this before in other podcasts that when you kind of say, this is important to me to your family, they'll get on board. 
Yeah. They'll understand, you know, that you need this if it's an hour, if it's two hours, you know, don't forget about evenings and weekends. Yeah. And I, and just for the record, that's when I do it and and I love doing it, but not everybody's able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure it out. You got to work it all out. Mm -hmm. You have to work it out for yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I thought of while, um, you, you were talking is that if you have a common interest, like let's say writing, Mm-hmm. sometimes not all the time you have to be a really good manager of your time sometimes you could do it with your friends like sometimes right. you could meet and work parallel and it gives you some sort of accountability and so if you dedicate the first you know 10-15 minutes to catching up and then you work and then you provide that for yourself for your, you and your friend it gives you a common interest a common project when you collaborate with people on something you're still getting work done but you're, you have the opportunity to build a friendship and so you know it doesn't have to be lunch. It doesn't have to be dinner. It doesn't have to be a play date. It could be something that you're collaborating on and working on a project together. If you were, if you yes. have an idea that you'd like to see come to fruition, think about the people in your life that could come alongside you, especially friends who have the same interest, and you can work yeah. on something together. And that can really be, do amazing things for your friendship when you're working towards the same goal. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you have to be spontaneous, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Noelle, tell us how you're, you've been spontaneous in the past. Well, my husband is the king of being spontaneous. He likes that kind of thing. I don't really. But um, <laughs> there's been times where he has put on Facebook, uh, we're not doing anything tonight. I'm opening up the grill. Come hang out. Bring your own meat. I'll grill it up. Let's have a barbecue. I love that. And the first time he did that, I was like, what have you done? I haven't cleaned the bathroom. I don't have paper plates. Um, <laughs> and then he was just like, let's just see what happens. And he's like, probably no one's going to come. No, people came. <laughs> That's <laughs> people awesome. Came. I love that. Because there's other people out there who were had nothing to do as well. And we had mm. in, in put the invitation out there. And so we've done that in the past. We have also have just... I, you know, we had good friends in Northern Ireland, Declan and, and Julie, and often they would call us up or we'd call them and we'd say, what are you doing th- today, this afternoon on a Sunday? And they had nothing to do and we had nothing to do and we've got crazy wild kids we have to kind of wrangle. So we just kind of joined forces and do something together. So that was fun. I think that when I was, when my kids were babies, like baby babies, it was a lot easier to be spontaneous because I didn't yeah. really at that time have a, not that I didn't have a lot to do. I had a lot to do with babies, but I wasn't really taking them places, you know, or I didn't have a lot of organized activities. So I had a lot right. of spontaneous coffees with my friends who also had babies. So that was fun. Um, I really, I miss those days, mm-hmm. but I do think it is good to, when you have that moment, that free moment, um, to kind of open your home or give your time to friends and it feels a little spontaneous and it might feel a little awkward to put yourself out there. I think it's good. It's a good practice to do because you just don't know who might be at that moment aching for connection mm-hmm. and you put the invitation now and they come, you just don't know what that, done, what that has done in someone's life. So we always keep it simple we don't, we don't promise anything fancy and it's, you know, it's great. Some of those moments have been probably my most favorite memories because yeah. it was spontaneous and you just yeah. didn't know what kind of crazy stuff will happen. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have done mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. 
Spontaneity would not be my middle name when it comes to, quote, entertaining. Um, and I think that's probably <laughs> I think we talked about problem. that, too, in the hospitality episode. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the key there, um, Noelle, is the low expectations. Like, it's not yeah. entertaining. It's just gathering. Yeah. And if you can get your head around that instead of what you're supposed to have and how you're supposed to make it a special way for everybody, then you're free to do it. Yeah. And, and I think that's great. I love that. I'm, I feel a little like I might be able to do that more in our new home. It's just smaller and kind of always neat. <laughs> it, I, I'm, I, you know, yes, we did talk about this before. That is a little issue for me, but I love the idea of it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, Kim, you have some other things that you've done since you're, uh, you've yeah. been intentional about this. Okay, so I think I previously mentioned before working on a project together. One of the ways I've found that I've deepened some friendships is when I volunteer for something. And I'm working with somebody that I already like or already know. And then it just gives us the reason to meet several times. And and there's always time to catch up. There's always time to exchange stories. And then there's time to work on a project together. So that's been really fun for me. FaceTime lunch. Now, this is something I have yet to do with a friend, although I have a friend of mine who's long distance who this would be perfect for because even though she works, she has to eat. She has to stop in the middle of the day. So maybe she could make this work for us. Um, But FaceTime lunch. So... My husband and I, he will um, put his headphones on, turn his FaceTime on, and call me, and we'll actually eat our lunch through the camera together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like for us to do it more often, but it's a way that when we are very busy and we don't have time to connect maybe in the evenings, we'll try to do it over lunch. So it's almost as good as having lunch together. Mm -hmm. That's been really fun. Um, Do you, when you do that... Do you do anything intentional? Is there, you know, like, is there a particular stuff that you want to talk about or do you just flow? Um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that, um, it, we, it would probably be easier if we had something intentionally to talk about, to be honest with you, because, you know, we, you know, the first five minutes is like, so how's your day going? Good. How's your day going? All right. What are you up to? And you're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and I don't necessarily think that that's the time for us to talk about like how work's going. Like we talk about that at home. Right. And so right. it would be nice to really set aside that time, just like on date night. I kind of have right. some rules surrounding right. date night. Like, let's not talk about the kids. Let's not talk about work. We can talk about like our family and our future and our ideas, but I don't really want to be telling you who's got to be at the dentist and, you know, what sports are signing up and starting when, like, that's not what I want to talk about on date night. So to kind of have those same rules for our FaceTime lunch is probably a good idea. Um, but that's a perfect thing to do with friends that are far away. And it's also not a bad thing to do with people that are locally. I know, Elise, you said that if you were to go out to lunch with a friend, it means an hour on the front end, an hour on the back end. Like a FaceTime mm-hmm. lunch, a half an hour call with somebody could eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's yeah, I travel that. time. I do that with a friend who lives in Canada. We call it virtual tea. Oh, and so, um, yeah, but she, the last time we talked, she literally called while I was brushing my teeth. I mean, we'd set aside the time. I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but I was like, I got to brush my teeth. I got to get ready for the day. And, you know, it was just one of those things where it's just very sweet to know that yeah. we have that time. It's set aside, um, but it's not going to take up a huge chunk of my day either. It's not, right. you know, it's not right. like disruptive, yeah. something yeah. that 
is really fun to do. And we keep it mm-hmm. short, you know, we mm-hmm. catch up on what's going on in our lives and, um, that's it. But it's such a, it's a really sweet thing. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I completely forgotten yeah. that that would be something to talk about. But well, it's, true. it's probably a fun thing to do while you're doing laundry. Like just yeah. set it up on the end of your table and start folding your laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like you're sharing the experience together. Yeah. <clears throat> My friend Vesper's in France right now, and yesterday we had a FaceTime lunch. That oh, was nice. nice. She was, she was. I was a little jealous though because she was FaceTiming me in this beautiful like French home, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like uh-huh. eating it like a baguette. I think. And I was like eating a salad begrudgingly, but it was nice. My mom, my mom just started doing this with her friend. I'm very proud of her, um, mastering the art of FaceTiming, but her friend Jean just moved to North Carolina. And so they FaceTime on a Friday morning and they have coffee together, which is awesome. Like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I also do with, um, with a couple friends. I mean, even with you girls, actually, we use Voxer, which Mm. I have found to be fantastic because I, despise the phone. Like I hate talking on the phone. It is my least favorite thing to do. I almost always ignore phone calls unless they're from the school district. So, um, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Sorry guys. If you've ever called me, that's no, I'm, 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 no, I'm, the same. Same. I'm kind of with I'm you same. and I don't really know why, but I feel the same I one thing. hate the phone. I know why I hate the phone. It's because I can't, um, see someone's facial expression. I, and I, determine a lot of what they're saying by their body language. Hmm. So uh, I find it really hard to just be focused on what they're saying because I can't yeah. see them. So um, Boxer has been just revolutionary for me with some of my friends who live far away or we're very, very busy and our schedules don't connect at all. Or even my sister-in-law who lives out of state. Um, we just send each other little messages here and there, and then you can get to it at your own convenience. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when a phone call comes in or, you know, for people who like to answer the phone, um, it's not a convenient time. You're in the middle of yeah. work, it's disruptive. You're in the car or you, whatever. Uh, so Voxer has been really great for some of my friendships, which doesn't, it seems like it wouldn't be because it's sort of, you know, techie and you're not connecting face to face, but yeah. Um, but it really has for me. It's been fantastic. I love it. I use it too. I use it too. It's great. So these are some great ideas on how to maintain friendships in the everyday. But I think a good old fashioned girls weekend is super beneficial to friendships. And Noelle, you have some interesting stuff about that that you've yeah. discovered in your friendship journey. Yes. Well, I not only do I research friendship in the practical sense of modern day friendship and what that looks like, but I also study the theological implications of what godly friendship should look like. And one of the things that just struck me recently is, you know, Jesus got away with his friends. And one of the one of the most kind of bizarre stories in the gospels is the story of the transfiguration. Okay. And the very beginning you hear that Jesus takes Peter, John, and James away up to a mountain to pray. And this they had this wild experience. Moses shows up. Elijah shows up. God says, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. They had this, this intense experience. But they were, they were apart from everybody else. It was a different um, – they had broken from the routine of what they normally do. And they were away with Jesus. And they had a revelation of who Jesus was and in light of that and who they were 
and what they were meant to do. And I've, I've been thinking about this in regards to friendship, because when we get away with our friends, particularly women who love Jesus, when we gather with them, we're going to have a, a revelation of who Jesus is and who we are. We're going to understand better who he is through them, through hearing their life, through hearing where they're at, what God is speaking to them, what what they're struggling with. And also, we're going to gain a better revelation of who we are as we process with them the things that we're going through, we're asking ourselves about, what the struggle is there. And so we need to kind of set time aside to get a way to do that. And recently, actually, I was invited to go to a girl's getaway with two of my college friends that I am in daily contact with. These these are women I love, I adore them, and they invited me to go with them in the beginning of January. And I'm going to be very real right now, so hold on. But I never communicated to my husband that this was my plan, that I was going to go away to Charleston, South Carolina with my friends. It completely slipped my mind because it was around Christmas time. <laughs> And it was a week before I was supposed to go, and I said to him, "Oh, by the way, is it cool? Oh my gosh, a week! If I leave, yeah, this is oh, yeah. Dear. So, if anyone thought I had my crap together, now you know I don't. <laughs> but I was like, is it cool if I go away with my friend Kim and Lisa? I always do this, and he was like, is it cool? <laughs> we never talked about this. You have to buy a ticket. You have to like rent a hotel room. Like what do you like? You know." It was an intense conversation. Anyways, the bottom line was this. It wasn't in the budget for me to go because I did not prepare. I did not communicate. I did not set the time aside. And I had to go back to my friends and like humbly like say, look, I'm really sorry. I messed up. I did not talk to Troy about this. He had, he has no problem with me hanging with you, but we don't really have the money to do it right now because it was just Christmas. And they were very understanding and gracious. And about a day later, one of my friends called me and said, you know, Noel, if you have the time... I would like to pay for you to come down because this is really important for me and for you that we get together. So it was God's grace and it was her generosity. I was able to fly down and be with them. And let me tell you something. Those two days away in this little boutique hotel that we rarely left, we literally spent most of our time sitting on a king-size bed, chatting and eating chocolate and drinking good wine together. That's what we mostly did. But that little bit of time I have with them, I came back completely refreshed, mm. completely encouraged. I, I definitely felt like I had a revelation of who Jesus is because my friends were able to pray with me. They were able to share scriptures with me. They were able to encourage me, remind me of the purpose of God on my life. And I was able to do the same thing for them. So I had this encounter with Jesus through my friends. And Jesus himself said that when there are two or more of you gathered together in my name, I am there. And so we need to remember that there's something very powerful about that. There's something really important about taking that time aside, making sure you plan. Don't do what I did, but making sure you plan, invest in it financially, get away and get away people who love Jesus and who are going to encourage you in that because there's important things that God wants to reveal himself to you in that time. If Jesus did it with his friends, we need to do it with our friends. So I, I definitely, when I came back from the trip, I said to Troy, look, can we put this in the budget? Because I want to go away again right before summer, right before the kids come home. And he was like, absolutely. Because I really found it to be beneficial to me and set me up, really helped me set me up for 2017. Mm. So I think it's one of the most important spiritual things you can do 
is to get away with your friends who love Jesus. That's so good. You know, I've had the opportunity to do that in the form of a writer's retreat or a blogging conference, and I've really benefited from it. Just the time set aside to room with women I love and participate in these things, but I've never really done it for fun. And I think that's something that I'm going to need to add to my list. Before we close the show with Elise's challenge, we'd like to share with you a special treat. Friend of the show, Lisa Pulliam was on episode 18 with us, and she left a message for us about what it's like to maintain healthy relationships, especially in times of transition. So let's listen. Hi, this is Lisa Pulliam with moretobe.com and cleoagency.net, and I'm so excited to be able to give you my perspective on what it's like to maintain healthy relationships and really deep friendships. Um, I've really had to walk through this process in an intentional way, having moved um, 18 months ago from a place that I lived for 18 years. And so in that former place, those relationships could sustain many months apart without seeing one another because we had so much history together. So I had some really deep friendships and they were cultivated out of our experiences together. Either our kids were in preschool or we attended a Bible study and we could enjoy one another and pick up where we left off the last time, like no time has passed. But since having moved, it's been a, a something of a challenge because I've discovered that Daily contact and doing something together really lays the foundation for that relationship. And that is hard to come by when you're new to a place. And so some of the things that I've had to do uh, were not things I had to do before. For example, I, I jumped right into a Bible study that I was a, became a part of. And those relationships, it was just a great chemistry. So those relationships developed naturally and easily. And I was really grateful for that. But the Bible study year came to an end, and I didn't run into those same women again. So even though I saw them every week and felt this growing relationship with them, Bible study was over, and then what? Uh, And so I realized that to have continuity in my friendships, I was going to have to make time to see them, (laughs) see these women. And I was going to have to open my home, even though I didn't feel like my home was big enough. I was going to have to send text messages and phone calls and boxers and and ask the Lord to give me discernment on who to pursue and how to pursue them and when the right time was to pursue them. And then as it came into the new academic year, I actually chose a different Bible study time of the week, thinking that would be better for my schedule. But the reality is it was worse. And so I went back to morning Bible study into a different group and um, developing friendships in that group uh, in a new way, um, at a new level, but I'm seeing the old faces, and I am making time in my schedule for one lunch or coffee date a week uh, so that I can develop friendships through the continuity of seeing people on a regular basis. Um, and, And I'm trying to do it on the cheap, so I'm inviting people to come back to my house for that cup of coffee rather than always meeting out someplace. And You know, the bonus of that is when you know somebody's coming over, you pick things up a little bit. So that's been helpful. So I hope this encourages you uh, while I'm on this journey. You can connect with me at moretobe.com and at kaleoagency.net. That was great. Yeah, that's good. Elise, uh, what's your challenge for us for this week? 
you know, I wanted, I, I was thinking about a, a piece that I wrote that will be uh, included in our show notes about um, are you too tired, too scared, um, too uh, whatever, too comfortable to make new friends. Um, and, you know, I, I was I was at the time that I wrote that piece, and yet I, I met somebody new at a retreat. I wasn't really, didn't really want to, but that person has really become a good friend of mine. So my challenge is for us to reach out to someone this week we don't really know, um, but would like to know. And so find somebody that you've been kind of, maybe you, every time you see her you say, oh, yeah, let's get together, but you never do. Um, make that that phone call, send that text and do something to connect you with that person this week. Okay. And that's it for this episode. What you've heard here today can be found in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content and resources delivered right to your inbox. Let's continue this conversation in our Facebook community group. Let us know what is the hardest part of maintaining close friendships. Our Facebook community group is a great place for you to share your own tips on intentional friendships so that our community can benefit from it. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.